A leader in the organic food producers movement, Daylene Ray is a recipient of this year's Australia Day Honours for her significant service to the organic beef industry. Ms Ray grew up in Birdsville, eating steak guaranteed to have been raised naturally. She is now the Managing Director for OBE Beef, an organic beef export company and chair of the umbrella group Organic Industries Australia. Daylene Ray has been awarded a member of the Order of Australia and she told Amy Phillips she has seen for herself in overseas markets how important it is to guarantee your food is clean and safe. We're lucky to live in a country where we still um, can trust the food that's that's grown and consumed in Australia. Uh, so I think we're a little bit behind the rest of the world with regards to demand for organic products in in other parts of the world where we have we, we don't have clean green agricultural production there are consumers that are looking for food that's clean and safe and organic certification guarantees that uh, in I lived in Hong Kong for over six years and the food all of the food is imported into Hong Kong and what I was looking for when I was a, a young mum there was food that was grown in certain places around the world that gave me confidence that it didn't have harmful chemicals or antibiotics in it. How hard was that? Well, I think um, I call myself an organic mum, which is me, which meant I'm a, a mother with young children and I was making informed choices about the food that I was giving my children. And what I was looking to avoid was food from, from certain countries. Uh, so it's interesting. I, I would rather pay more for food, guaranteeing it wasn't from somewhere. And that's what I, I think we don't fully appreciate in Australia because almost all the food we eat here is from, from Australia. We haven't had the scandals that other countries have had. We haven't been consuming beef and then found out it was horse. We haven't been giving our children baby formula and then found out that it had a you know, carcinogenic chemical in it. So uh, I think as as um, leaders in agriculture, we need to ensure that continues in Australia. Uh, but as a net exporter, we also have to understand what consumers are wanting in the places that we export to. And there is an insatiable demand for certified organic product product around the world. That also tells me that Australia's got a brand that needs protecting. How are you influencing that as the chair of the Organic Industries of Australia? So we're a, a peak industry body that represents the interested in, interests of diverse stakeholders and that's everything from farmers who are farming grain crops in WA to wine growers in near Canberra to the certifiers that are certified by, by the Australian government. Uh, what we're, we're we're prosecuting for at the moment, I guess, is domestic regulation. So your listeners might not be aware that we have regulations which control the exports of organic product out of Australia and we need to, it's very rigorous and it's managed under the Export Control Act, but we don't have the same regulation domestically. What that means is someone can go into a butcher shop in, in Dagaminda or, or Roma and can uh, be sold organic beef and it may not necessarily be certified. And we're one of the few jurisdictions in the whole world where we don't have regulation for for, for organic uh, food production in Australia. And that's something that we spend a lot of time talking to government agencies about. It's complicated because we are state-based here in Australia and to bring about le domestic legislation, we have to have all the states and territories to agree. It also comes at a cost. 
uh, and we're, we're talking to the federal government about bearing that cost. Do you think you're going to get some movement on that front? I think so. Um, we're, we're, we're building a strong business case because mm-hmm. we have markets like uh, America, China, Europe and South Korea that won't allow us to have equivalency without domestic regulation. What that means mm-hmm. is that farmers that produce organic beef or organic gra- uh, grapes, if they want to export to um, Singapore, they can they can do that easily. But if they want to export to a lucrative market like South Korea, they need to obtain South Korean organic certification. It, it's very onerous. It involves six monthly audits instead of annual audits. It's very expensive. Uh, and it's, in my opinion, unnecessary, and it's only necessary because we, our diplomats haven't been able to negotiate equivalency because we don't have domestic regulation in Australia. So what the, what the um, Korean government's basically saying is we need you to have domestic regulation or we're not going to give you the equivalency that you're looking for. Interesting. And I see why it's of priority for that group as chair of the Organic Industries of Australia. You're also being recognised for significant service to professional organisations. Tell me how you have uh, bought in and made a priority the mental health of your organisation. So a few years ago, I attended uh, a lunch and learn and I'm lucky to, to have that opportunity here in Brisbane, although during COVID that moved to everything being virtual. And I attend lots of random lunch and learns about um, subject matter that, that I don't have any experience in. And at one of these events, uh, there was a lady who was speaking who was uh, had attempted suicide off the Story Bridge in Brisbane. And she was the only person that's ever survived the suicide attempt. And she spoke about it um, in the context of a room full of, I guess, leaders and saying, please do more to, to never have one of your team in this situation. And she explained that she went from being mentally well to suicidal in 48 hours. And I listened to her and I couldn't believe that, I honestly couldn't believe that you could go from coping to suicidal in 48 hours. And I thought to myself, is what can we do as a business to ensure that if I or my family or my team are ever in that situation, that they would have a safety net of people around them that would, first of all, know the signs and secondly, be able to prevent something like that happening. And so that led us down a path to um, understanding that there is some training that you can do and it's called Mental Health First Aid. I had not heard of it until a few years ago. It's, it's um, for those of you that have done first aid or CPR training, it's that times 10. Uh, so it's not physical, it's understanding. It's a two-day course. It's offered all around Australia. It's offered in regional Queensland. And you learn to know the signs. You learn to um, uh, offer help. Uh, you learn to point them in the right direction and you learn to follow up. Now, I've used that training in a situation a few years ago. Let's call it a suicide situation. And I was able to get that person help and they are going well and I think that I'm not sure that we would have had that outcome if I hadn't had the training so I know that it works we've now embedded it in our small organization where most of our team have taken up my offer for them to do mental health first aid training um, Amy I have so many people that not argue but might say oh there's not enough services for mental health in the bush there are so many helplines that people in the bush can access 
what we don't have uh, is is people that can talk about their feelings to a point where they can pick up the phone and talk to the professionals that can help them. Daylene Ray, Managing Director for OBE Beef, based in Brisbane, honoured for her service to the organic industry and professional organisations with a member for the Order of Australia. In Victoria, a land carer, Christine Brook of Faraday, has been honoured for services to the environment and the community. A skilled organiser and manager, Christine Brook rose to Deputy Chair of Landcare Victoria and she told Bendigo reporter Sarah Lawrence the environmental work she's most proud of. It, it is a special feeling to be recognised by your country and I guess your peers for what you've what you've done and what you've enjoyed doing really. And what mm. have you done? What are you being recognised for? Well, work, work in the environment and, and community as I understand it and I guess that um, covers my work involvement with Landcare Group at Flodden Vale initially where I first started getting involved then through getting involved with North Central Catchment Management Authority and some of their committees and eventually the board looking at things from a different level with a, a broader view. And when we moved down here to Faraday, um, getting involved with the local land care group, which is Sutton Grange, and working with them and through Connecting Country, which is a um, network based here at Mount Alexander Shire. And what's been your biggest achievement in land care or that you feel is your biggest achievement? Where I've come from, it, apart from looking at the, at the environment and what you can do is I've brought some of my experiences, um, administration management and um, organisation management to all of the groups so that I do the things in the background to help all of those people who are really passionate about um, different things and who know a lot more about particular areas so they can get on and, and do their work. But I think it, from, a, from a very personal point of view, I think seeing the change on our property at Pyramid Hill with the trees growing and, and looking at all that, the way that helped the agricultural practices that we had on the property, it all went hand in hand. And we've done a similar thing here since we moved to Faraday and doing a lot of tree planting and, and land management and just to see the way the land responds when it's looked after and uh, makes you feel good as well as making the environment healthy. And so you're currently Secretary of the Sutton Grange Landcare Group. That's right, yeah. What are you working on at the moment? We're sort of at the tail end of a project which probably will never really stop, but in terms of revitalising Myrtle Creek, which runs from the foothills of Mount Alexander down through through Sutton Grange, um, being badly infested by gauze and blackberry over the time, and so helping uh, landowners to, to... clear those, that waterway and revegetate it and landowners have been doing a fantastic job. Um, Landcare Group can then come in and help by accessing funding because it's not, not cheap to do these things and so that, that's looking really, really positive at the moment and, and that will be ongoing um, for quite some time because the weeds come back, you've got to keep going back and, and getting rid of them again but we're working on it and it's looking terrific. Meanwhile, in Camperdown, James Wilson has been awarded posthumously for services to the community after he passed away at aged 84 last year. He was deeply involved in the Angus Cattle Society, the National Trust and Local Historical Society. His wife, Diana, celebrated his Order of Australia. Diana, how proud are you to receive this award on behalf of your late husband, James Wilson? Very, very proud. He was known as Jim, actually, um, and my family and I, uh, yeah, thrilled to bits. It's, um, I, we think it's very well deserved, and, and um, he would have been absolutely delighted. And he was heavily involved in the Angle, Angus Cattle Society of Australia. Tell us more about that. Yes, he was on the um, 
on judging committees. He judged Angus Cattle in New Zealand and in Tasmania and various states around Australia. He showed cattle himself at one stage. And the other thing he did was he was involved in judging schools, you know, young people who want to learn about cattle and learn about judging and things. He he was involved in teaching them. And he was also heavily involved in the Camperdown community, being a, a former president of the Historical Society and part of the National Trust. Why was he so passionate about the region? Look, it was just, that was just Jim. I mean, he was born in Camperdown. His property's there, you know, it was that was his, his home. And yes, he was very involved in, well, he was captain of the fire brigade, but he was it was history that was Jim's passion too. And also the environment, he actually um, stopped, helped with other people, stopped the quarrying of Mount Sugarloaf in Camperdown. This is quite a number of years ago. They ended up lying down in front of the tractors that were working to extract the scoria from the mount, and that eventually was bought by the National Trust with the help of Sir Chester Manifold. So that was a, a big win for his passion for the environment. Diana Wilson, remembering her late husband, Jim Wilson, who was awarded for his many services to society.